Chapter thirty five of the Valley of the Giants. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. The Valley of the Giants by Peter B. Kine. Chapter thirty five. Events followed each other with refreshing rapidity. While the crew of the big locomotive on the crossing busied themselves getting up steam, Sexton and Jules Rondeau toiled at the loading of the discarded boiler and heavy castings aboard two flat cars. By utilizing the steel derrick on the company's wrecking car, this task was completed by noon, and after luncheon the mogul backed up the main line past the switch into the Laguna Grande yards, whereupon the switch engine kicked the two flat cars and the wrecking car out of the yard and down to the crossing, where the obstructions were promptly unloaded. The police watched the operation with alert interest, but forbore to interfere in this high-handed closing of a public thoroughfare. To Sexton's annoyance and secret apprehension, Bryce Cardigan and Buck Ogilvy promptly appeared on the scene, both very cheerful and lavish with expert advice as to the best method of expediting the job in hand. To Bryce's surprise, Jules Rondeau appeared to take secret enjoyment of this good-natured chaffing of the Laguna Grande manager. Occasionally he eyed Bryce curiously, but without animus, and presently he flashed the latter a lightning wink, as if to say, "'What a fool Sexton is to oppose you!' "'Well, Rondeau,' Bryce hailed the woods boss cheerfully, "'I see you have quite recovered from that working over I gave you some time ago. "'No hard feelings, I trust. "'I shouldn't care to have that job to do over again. "'You're a tough one.' "'By gar, she don't pay to have hard feelings with you, monsieur,' Rondeau answered bluntly. "'We have one fine fight, but,' he shrugged, I don't want some more. Yes, by gar, and she don't pay for cut other people's trees, monsieur, Bryce mimicked him. I shouldn't wonder if I took the value of that tree out of your hide. I think so, monsieur. He approached Bryce and lowered his voice. For one month I am no good all the time. We don't fight some more, monsieur. And I have feel shame for those black Menorca fella. Always with him is it ze knife or ze club, and now is ze rifle. Cochon! When I fight, I fight with what ze bon Dieu give me. You appear to have a certain code after all, Bryce laughed. I'm inclined to like you for it. You're sporty in your way, you tremendous scoundrel. Maybe so. Rondeau suggested hopefully. "'Monsieur likes me for Woods, boss?' "'Why, what's the matter with Pennington? Is he tired of you?' The color mounted slowly to the Woods bully's swarthy cheek. "'Mademoiselle Sumner, he's tell me pretty soon he's going to be boss of Laguna Grande and stop all his fight.' And when Mademoiselle, he is in the saddle, good-bye Jules Rondeau. This country, I like him. 
I feel sad, monsieur, to leave those big trees. He paused, looking rather wistfully at Bryce. I am fine woods boss for somebody, he suggested, hopefully. You think Miss Sumner dislikes you, then, Rondeau? I don't think. I know. He sighed. His huge body seemed to droop. I am out of the good luck now, he murmured bitterly. Everybody, she hate Jules Rondeau. Colonel, she hate because I don't kill Monsieur Cardigan. Mademoiselle, he hate because I try to kill Monsieur Cardigan. Monsieur Sexton, she hate because I tell her this morning she is one fool for fight Monsieur Cardigan. Again he sighed. Those big trees. In Quebec we have none. In the woods, monsieur, I feel here. And he laid his great calloused hairy hand over his heart. When I cut your big trees, monsieur, I feel like hell. That infernal gorilla of a man is a poet, Buck Ogilvy declared. I'd think twice before I let him get out of the country, Bryce. Whose salt he eats, his song he sings, quoth Bryce. I forgive you, Rondeau, and when I need a woods boss like you, I'll send for you. End of chapter 35 Recording by Roger Moline